Hello there, my name is Brad, and we are Grace Teaching today. Remember to join my wife and myself over at Quality, Quality of Life Grace Teaching Ministries. That's Quality of Life New Covenant Grace Teaching Ministries. We are Grace Ministers, and we're over on Facebook. So if you're there, just come on over and subscribe today and start listening to your free live teaching and encouraging scripture. Remember, the focal point of all scripture by choice and design is it points us to Jesus Christ. And so that's what we want to let it do. Today we're talking about this topic of you are good. That's right. You are good. And you know, that's something we can say to ourselves today as we look in the mirror. I am good. Say that to yourself today. Go in front of the mirror and say to God the Father, I am good. How is that? Does that sound a little arrogant or is it truth? You know, the Father, when he sees us in Christ, he says, you are good. You're okay. You see, many people feel ashamed of their past and they say, I'm not good, but the Lord is good. I used to do this personally. I'd say, oh, I'm not good because I would focus on what I did in my past and maybe even just recently, you know. Maybe I fleshed out and took things into my own hands and now I'm self-condemning myself and feeling bad. And then we read scriptures that say, all have fallen short of the glory of God and sinned, you know. And so we beat ourselves up. But we forget what Jesus did for us, don't we? You know, at the moment of our conversion, we became good to our Father because of what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. That's right, you are good. <clears throat> nothing to do with performance or behavior. This has nothing to do with what you've done or what you do, okay? Your performance and your behavior could be bad, but if you're in Christ, folks, God the Father says you are good. You see there? And so remember that Performance and behavior have nothing to do with this. You are okay. You are good with the Father because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in 10 verse 14 in the message says this, It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. So not only are you good to the Father, but you are perfect to him. That's right. Perfect. How is that possible to say that I am good as the Lord is good? See, the scripture tells us as he is, Jesus Christ, so are we in this world. We have to remember what grace is, folks. Grace is Jesus Christ. He died for us so he could give his life to us, so he could transmit his life through us. Remember, we are forgiven by grace through faith, okay? We are right with God and good with God by grace through faith. We are given the right to be called his children by grace through faith, you see? And so we need to, we need to agree with what God says about us, not about what we feel or what others may say about us. We have to remember that. Remember with man, we are conditional people, but with God, he is unconditional. 
In fact, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. That's why he gave his only begotten son. You see. And God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That means making people friends with himself now through the death of his son, no longer counting people's sins against them. You see. That's why love keeps no records. Love is not easily angered. God is not mad at you. God says you are good. <clears throat> the writer of Hebrews 7, verse 24 and 25 says, But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Folks, because Jesus lives forever and we are in him and he is in us. Remember, whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You see, he's able to go to the Father and, and tell the Father, hey, they're good, Father, because they're in me and I'm in them. He's interceding on our behalf all the time. He lives to intercede with God on our behalf. That's how we can say each morning when we get up, we can say, Father, thank you that I'm good. I am good with you. When you look at me, I am good. Not only am I good, but I am forgiven, I'm right, I'm loved unconditionally by you. This has nothing to do with my performance or behavior today. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that I'm always your child and always right with you. <clears throat> you see, 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, so Jesus made us good, folks. That's what makes us good. It's what he did for us at that cross. He became sin for us. It's like when we approached Jesus, we were filthy, and he was clean. But he went up to a cross, and he became filthy, and we became clean, you see, for us. So now in him, in his resurrection... We might become the righteousness of God. The, the word righteousness actually means to be right with God in the Hebrew language. Okay, we get our word dikaios in the Greek language, which means to be good when we approach our Father. We are okay. We are perfect to Him. We are right with Him, you see. So remember, this old covenant of trying to achieve a righteousness through the law is obsolete. You see, the writer of Hebrews again in 8, 4, 8, 13, that's Hebrews 8, verse 13, by calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. You see, under the old covenant, we had to try to get good with God. But under this new covenant, we are good with God because of Jesus Christ. Not only are we good, and not only are we perfect to our Father, but we are a holy nation. Holy means set apart. We're set apart. We're God's people, his chosen people. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Isn't that awesome? 
You are God's special possession. He says, you are good. You are good. You are perfect when I look at you. There's nothing wrong with you. People will say there's something wrong with you all the time. I know they do that with me. You stick around with me for a little while and you're going to see how clumsy I am. You know, I'm not the most talented, skillful person in the, on the planet. I have the gift of clumsy. And so people will say, what's wrong with you? And they'll give you that look. And I'll even give, that, give myself that look. But he doesn't. God, our Father, says, you are good. You are perfect. Just as my son Jesus is perfect, so are you in him. And you are my child. Remember, the old covenant is set aside to establish the new covenant. Okay, this trying system, the old covenant system of law, was all about trying, trying to get forgiven, trying to get right, trying to get loved by God. This new covenant says, I am forgiven, I am right, I am loved, I am good. Okay, when I approach my father, trust in that. Again, the writer of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, Then he said, Here I am, I've come to do your will. He sets aside the first, speaking of the first covenant, he sets it aside to establish the second, which is the grace covenant, the new covenant. And by that will, okay, that was the will, Jesus went up to a cross, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. You see, so the new covenant will goes in force when Jesus dies on a cross, a cross, folks, and he makes us holy through his sacrifice. You see, that means set apart now, and that also means lovable and perfect and good. We are okay. <clears throat> That's why we say you are good, because of what he's done for you in this new covenant. Now that we're in Christ, is there balancing Christ alone, or do I need to add a few laws into my Christian life? You see? Think about this. You know, married couples only meet about 30% of, the, of each other's needs. So what happens when they don't understand that they're complete in Christ? Well, if they don't understand that, they'll go out and try to get the 70% from somewhere else, from someone else, you see? That's why there's a lot of affairs and a lot of divorces in marriage, in the Christian marriage. There's a lot of Christians that separate and, and get divorced because they think the grass is greener on the other side. Well, the truth of the matter is we only can meet 30% of each other's needs in marriage. You see, so what we need to do is understand, meaning experience, what spiritual needs are already met in Christ. The needs for love and security and assurance and commitment. These are spiritual needs that are met in Christ. And so we draw from him to get those. Now 100% of my needs in the marriage are always met. Even if my wife can only meet 30%. Same goes for her. She's in Christ. If I can only meet 30% of her needs, she can go to Christ now and get the other 70. And she'll, she can be okay. She's fine. Colossians 2.10 tells us, and you are complete through your union with Christ. 
I also like 2 Peter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So we have everything we need for this lifetime in the person of Christ. You see, that's, that's what Peter's point is here. So, you are good. Okay? Because just as he is, Jesus Christ, so are you in this world. God bless you.